You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we just got back. My goodness, some of the best teaching on planet Earth, just so rich, so, so just, just life-giving, faith-building. Uh, and, and, you know, it's important to get away and to get under the anointing and to, you know, uh, saturate yourself. Uh, you know, I, I recommend each and every one of you find a, a conference. You know, we, we go see Pastor Mark Hankins quite a bit, uh, so you're more than help, happy to join us. Uh, but I'm telling you, it'll do wonders for you. It, you know, it, it, it really, I believe that that was one of the biggest things that the Lord had me do to accelerate some things. To get under the anointing, I'd go down to see Brother Copeland, uh, Jesse Duplantis would be there, Jerry Savelle, Creflo, uh, Keith Moore for a week of straight sessions all day long just sitting there under the anointing. You come out looking for mountains to move. You're like, where are the mountains? Where are the mountains? You're just looking for problems to destroy. You just feel so invincible in the spirit because that's what happens. The Bible says a strong spirit will sustain a man in times of trouble. And so if you're fainting in times of trouble, that means your spirit man is not strong. Come on. That means your spirit man is not strong. If you're just kind of, the wind blows and you go flying over there and the wind goes that way and you go flying over there, that means your spirit man is lacking nutrition. You know, you got to watch in a car, you got to watch the gauges, right? You got to watch the, the fuel, you got to watch when you got to do the oil change. And how many you know if a light comes on and you just keep driving, you're going to end you're gonna end up in trouble, right? Engine light comes on, it's a good time to go and diagnose the problem, see what's happening. Same thing in life. If you find your joy meter, if your joy is at a, a low level and you just feel irritated all the time and you just, you know, that's a good indicator, because the joy of the Lord is your strength, and if you have no joy, you have no strength. You have no strength, you can't fight the good fight of faith. I don't know no boxer who fights without strength. You know, you need a, a strength to get in that UFC octagon, because I'm telling you, if you don't have strength, then you, you're going to get a whooping, right? Same thing. If, if the devil can get you out of the faith arena, he'll whoop you every time. Come on. If the devil can get you out of the faith arena, he'll whoop you every time. And so if you have a, a strong spirit, you'll keep him in there. You'll say, no, 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 devil. I know you said I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to get evicted, but my God said he'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I'm believing the word. I'm believing his report. I'm going by faith rather than what I see. Right? And then you'll win every time. And so we're going to talk about confession today. We're going to talk about holding fast to your confession of faith. Come on. We're going to talk about how, how big your God is, not how big your problem is. Right? Come on, we, you serve a big God who's able to, 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 to change your whole life, your whole situation, your circumstance, things you're, you're battling through today. Come on, not tomorrow, not today, things can change. Shambach used to say, R.W. Shambach used to say, you don't have no problems, you just need faith in God. Come on. I know. Listen, I'm not minimizing some of the problems and the issues that people have gone through. I know people have felt real pain, real heartache. But I'm telling you, there's a God that's bigger than that. There's a God who will, who will help you, who, who, will, who, will, who will take your life and mold it, do something with it, put, put you on a path of, of victory to victory. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. You walk with God, you can expect brighter and brighter. Come on, better and better. That, that's, that's what's on the table here. The Bible says uh, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, I record heaven and earth this day uh, against you. I put before you blessing, cursing, life, death, choose, uh, bless, uh, life, uh, 
life, death, blessing, cursing, choose life. Choose. You have to choose the life that you and your seed may live. There is life available that you and I have to decide to yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost and be led by the Holy Ghost and do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, to see that victory, to see that light. But a lot of us like to make our own decisions based upon what we see. I mean, you know, we're not, we don't walk, we don't operate by what we see. Come on. We walk by faith. That's right. Come on. That's right. You're not called to operate by what you feel. I'm not moved by what I see. Say this. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe the Word of God. Come on. That's the only thing that you should be moved by. That's the only thing that you should be operating under. You need to make the Word of God the final authority in your life. What does that mean? That means if you get a report contrary to the Word of God, you have to decide whether you're going to go with the, the Word that's contrary or you're going to decide to go with the Word. You're going to have to make that choice. And I've made up my mind that I'm going to go every time with the Word of God. By the grace of God, I'm going to stand with what the Word says regardless of what's happening out around me. It could look like... I like Brother Hagin said, it doesn't matter if, if, if failure is walking, excuse me, he just said it this way, and, and I hope you understand. He said, if failure is walking butt naked in front of you, that means it's, it's pretty obvious, right? If failure and defeat is walking naked in front of you, if you have enough word, you'll pay no attention to it. Come on, It could be so obvious that what is going on around you is contrary to the word of God. But you still have that faith to, 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 to say, you know what, I don't care. I know it looks like this. I know it looks like that. And you have people telling you all kind of stuff, but you have to make your mind up that, no, I'm not going to be moved by that. Like a bulldog on a bone. No, I ain't letting go. I ain't letting go. Come on. You have to make up your mind. You have to be a fighter. You have to get that resolve on the end. I'm going to fight. Glory to God. You may not fight perfectly, and that's okay. I mean, you know, a boxer may miss, a, you know, get popped a few times, can't keep his hands up, but you just keep getting back up. You just keep getting back up. Keep getting back in the ring. Because the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9 that if you don't get weary in well-doing, in other words, if you don't quit, you win. If you just don't quit, if you just keep getting back up off the mat, come on, I'm going again. Dang, this guy's going again. The devil's like, man, I threw him my best shot, man. How I many know his best shot is not enough? Say this. Say, his best shot is not enough. Because we've been hit, Pastor Sarah and I, we've been hit in the past, man, enough to cripple anybody. You lose a child, come on, um, drugs in the past, man, enough to t wipe out a, an army. <laughs> I know some of you have been through some things enough to keep people down. But no, we decided we're not going to go, we're not going to stay down. We're going to fight. We're going to fight for our family. We're going to fight for our marriage. Come on, we're going to fight for our children. We're going to fight for our relationships. We're going to fight for our parents. We're going to fight for our family members. Come on. I decided I'm fighting, man. The devil ain't going to whip me. He's not going to whoop me. Had enough. Had enough of him whooping me. I had enough of him stealing from me. Enough of him taking my family out. Enough of him taking my family, me out. Come on, enough. Enough is enough. And that's why we're not just doing church as normal here. We're not just doing some religious activity here. We're here to preach the power of God. To see lives changed and people restored and set free by the blood of Jesus. Come on, that's what we're here to do. If you just keep coming, keep coming, getting a hold of this word, your life will change. I'm telling you, I know it because I've been there. My life has changed completely. Went from a drug addict on heroin, cocaine, pills, alcohol, uh, on the, on, literally passed out. And they told my mother, he ain't going to make it. I was in ICU with tubes all in me. But by the glory of God, by the grace of God, I'm standing here preaching to y'all. Come on, God has a reputation of working with some real losers and making them champions. That's what he's in the business of doing, working with some real dodos and doing something with their lives. Come on, I'm telling you, I was the man. 
chief among them. Man, he uses the, the, the crazy stuff to confound the wise. <laughs> Man, he'll do it for you. So uh, before we get started, I'm going to invite just Viviana and Jonathan, come on up here real quick. I want you to testify just of what God has done. You know, it's important to hear what God is doing in other people's lives. Come on. Uh, the Bible says in, in, uh, in Revelations, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Right? He, the testimony of someone else inspires faith. This isn't time for you to get jealous. Why, why did they hell or nothing like that? It's time for you to say glory to God. What God did for them, he'll do for me. Come on. We need to be hearing this. So we have other people lined up that's going to tell us what, what God has done. Just miraculous things. Sarah be like, this is what happened in this person's life. You know, somebody tell her in the church, a woman. I'm like, whoa, come on, glory to God. Just, just God is doing things in this church. God is doing things in the members' lives of this church. Come on. You, you, you can't stick around here too much longer and not see extreme blessing. This is the zone, extreme blessing zone. Come on. You have no choice. No choice but to be blessed. You come in here. No choice but to be healed. Come on. Faith, right now, is getting infused into your spirit. You have no choice. If you don't want it, you might as well leave. Come on. Yeah, it's on. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what I want to share is when um, I was struggling with the COVID, um, so to me, the victory was in um, staying strong through Christ because I, I saw that there was no fear. I did not allow, like, fear did not come. I was able to sleep every night. I was amazed. I was like, wow. I knew it was God. Like, I never had sleepless night. And I chose to praise the Lord. Like, in, during the day, I was like, I'm going to praise you, God. I don't care what hurts, but I'm going to praise you. And I saw the victory in that. I saw victory in, in, in my body every day. I'm like, because, you know, you hear all these things that people have gone through with this. And I was just praising God and thanking him, and I, I chose to stand in praise and declaring the word of God. Declared I am healed and rebuking that and not allowing. My husband and I was like, we are not going to talk about this COVID. We're not going to, like, you know, make it big. No, Jesus is Lord, and we're going to declare him Lord and not, you know, not through our mouth speak the name. It's not going to come in the name of Jesus. So I declared that victory in Christ Jesus. I'm just privileged to be here and to be able to testify of God's goodness in, in, in my life and my wife. And, and when, she, when I saw my wife uh, in pain and even though she was uh, just confessing the word of God and, and standing on the word, uh, I just got mad at the enemy because I, I just don't like seeing my wife in that condition. I don't know if, if, if anybody likes to see their loved ones suffering. I don't. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 just, I just stand for her. I said, you know, I saw her laying there in the, in the sofa, you know, like, like she needed a hug. But, you know, everybody tells you don't hug your wife. Just put it somewhere, hiding her somewhere. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I, go, I need to be around her. I, I, the speaker just hug her, just, just embrace her. Don't worry, I, 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 I'm more powerful than that. Come I, on, I didn't right. want to say the name of it because I, I just don't want to say it. I just want to give it more. Yeah, more. Good. Uh, but anyway, I hug her and, and embrace her. I didn't have no fear of whatever the, the stuff was there. And, and then... I just slept with her too in the same bed. You know, I didn't, I didn't change uh, anything that I usually do. And, 
and then uh, uh, as, as time went by, you know, the enemy, the, that's, that stuff trying to get on me. But like I said, you just have to stand and do what you used to do before. And, and I work, so I have a company, so I have to get to work. I can't. The enemy is not just to attack her. He wants to attack me, attack my finances, attack yep. uh, my sons and everything. You know, it's, we are family, so we work together. So he wasn't going after just her. He was going after everybody. So I went to work, and it was not that I'm trying to say that in, I wasn't... Uh, thinking about other people because I usually work by myself so it's not like I'm around people so you know I, I went and I felt I need to go and and God gave me every time that sin would come it disappeared just like that quick and I did more work through that process I don't know how I did it but I know it's through God that when if I would have the whole crew because my wife <laughs> takes care of of one of my son's daughter and, and, and another, another grandson. So it, it, it's just kind of a dominant effect. But God sent me help, and, and I don't know how we did it, but we did it, and, and I just want to thank God for that. He Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Glory to God. No, please do. Yeah. I also want to share because my, our youngest son lives with us, and I saw um, he was getting, like, that fever, and I said, David, mm -mm, we're not going to let this touch you. So we did communion with him. We Come declared. On. And the next day he went to work. That did not. That was gone. Glory to God. It did not I touch him. Praise the Lord. Praise yeah. God. Man, that's a man. Thank you so much. Uh, give the Lord a hallelujah. Thank you. Praise God, man. And let me tell you something. What they didn't tell you was they, they, they have gone... They've just been feasting on the word. They've been at the buffet, you know, the word buffet. They've been just eating it up, soaking it up. So when that came, they, they were ready to go. You know, they, they had enough in them, uh, enough strength and stamina to, hold. Oh, I'm battling. We're okay. They, they didn't just lay there and take it. They, they leaned in and said, no, no, no. Come on. I'm not going to allow this to wreak havoc in my house. And so you, you, you heard her say, even when it tried to come upon her son, no. You know, same thing I do with my daughter. I said, no, something tries to come upon her. I make her say, I said, do we get sick in this family? She'll go, no. And I make her as an act of her will. Come on, even at a young age, they can learn these things. And so, you know, we resist. Come on, praise God. Glory to God. You resist the devil and he has to flee. That's called resisting, putting up an active fight, not just an allowing him to wreak havoc. Um, so praise God. God is doing incredible things. Remember, you, we fight the good fight of faith. That's what we're called to do. Um, so we were just down in Louisiana at Supernatural Leadership Conference in, in, uh, in Alexandria, uh, Louisiana. Pastor Mark Hankins, George Pearsons was there. That's Brother Copeland's son-in-law, a uh, minister named Joel Sims, Mac Hammond. Mac Hammond, just a phenomenal man of God. Has a, I think, a 10,000-member church in Minneapolis, large. Just, just incredible teacher of the word. Um, but George Pearsons got up there, and he did a session, and he talked along the lines of what we've been talking about, the local church. I mean, it came from Brother Copeland, but he decided to, to, to minister some of what we've been talking about, uh, the word that, that, that God gave Brother Copeland, that 2021 will be the year of what? The local church. And so he emphasized this, highlighted this, and I said, oh, baby, we're on the right page, man. Come on, this is, this is what's happening right now. We, as a local church, we need to lay hold of what the prophet is saying. 
the prophet, if you receive a prophet, right, if you receive the word of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And so if you have somebody in the body of Christ, like Brother Copeland, who in my eyes is a five-star general, like I said before, they are rank and file uh, in the kingdom of God. Not everybody's at the same level. Uh, you may be a, a, a pastor, but uh, there are different ranks among pastors or, or apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, um, and, and so and so. Brother Copeland is a, is a high-ranking member of the body of Christ. How many of you would agree with me? Come on. He's a high-ranking member in the body of Christ. So, you know, uh, his words hold weight. God speaks to his prophet uh, for, for the people. Um, not that we're led by prophecy. Prophecy confirms what's already in, in our hearts as a body, especially when it comes from uh, a word like that that's spoken over the body of Christ. It bears witness with me as the pastor of this church. Come on. It bears witness with me. That's why I'm bringing it to you. And so he said 2021 uh, will be the year of the local church. A most powerful move of God will take place in the local church. The glory of God will fall in those churches that are preaching teaching, healing, and going strong in the word of faith. And so <laughs> that's what we do here. We preach and teach the word of faith, minister healing to the sick, and call those that are in darkness into the light. That is the threefold mandate that God has given this church. We do other things, but that is the main thing we do. When you think of, uh, let's just say, Billy Graham, what do you think of? You think of salvation. He did other things, but that was his main thing. When you think of Oral Roberts, what do you think of? Healing, right? And so when you think of Roddy Howard Brown, you think of joy. So there are ministries uh, that God, God gives ministries special emphasis. Uh, when you think of Brother Hagen, you think of faith, right? And so God has given us our mandate. Uh, 2021 will be a year of divine healing, divine health. Divine prosperity and divine recovery. Divine recovery means this. The devil, he's stolen from you. How many have been stolen from by the enemy? He's taken time, finances, come on, uh, many different things. You can expect God to replenish that. David recovered all when he was robbed from. Come on, you have the ability, come on, to lean in, press in and say, devil, you have stolen from me. You have to repay seven times. God says this is the year of recovery. Come on, you can expect things to be added unto you. The years that the locust and the cankerworm have stolen will be added back unto you. Come on, you, you may feel like you've missed out on some things, but God will make it to where you're fully satisfied. He'll catch you up. Come on, you can expect these things. So, you know, I'm believing God for some things. I really am. I'm, uh, and, and, and God has done that for me. You know, I, I tell my wife, I would give you my right arm. I would cut it off and give it to you to be in a Brother Hagen meeting. I would. I just, that's how much I value it. I know it's, it's crazy, but I would. I value the word that came out of that man's mouth, the way God used him. I would give you my right arm to sit on the front row and hear the man preach live. I just would. And I feel robbed. I feel like, man, I didn't get to sit there. I didn't get to see Oral Roberts live. I didn't get to see T.L. Osborne. I didn't get to see uh, Billy Graham. You know, I, and so the Lord is slowly putting people around me that were very connected to Brother Hagen. When Kevin and Annie Durant were here, Kevin and Annie Durant were, were very close to Kenneth Hagen, very close. You know, they were in their house many times, traveled with him. And I told this to, to, to Kevin. I said, Kevin, uh, you know, I'd give my right arm to be in a Brother Hagen meeting. He goes, that's why I'm here. And he came up out of his spirit. That's why I'm here. Like, he, God is giving me people that were very close to him. Uh, Pastor Mark is our father in the faith, and he was very close to Brother Hagen. You know, I mean, I, you know, so God is putting people around me. That, to me, is recovery. That, to me, is, man, I felt robbed in those things. Just giving you an example. It may be totally different for you. But God is doing things for me that, man, I, I'm so grateful for I'm so grateful, and that's, I call that recovery. And so God can do that for you no matter what area it may be. So you can expect that. 
uh, Jesus, so recovery. So this is the word by, by Jerry Savelle. He said, don't fear the future because it's still bright. And I'll see you through each and every fight. So stay in faith and watch what you say. Speak only my words and you'll have my way. It's never my will for you to fail. Come on, I said it's never God's will for you to fail. Well, maybe God's trying to teach me a lesson. That's why, you know, my car crashed and, you know, he, he, he guided my car into that tree so that I can learn. No, man, no. Come on, God's will is not for you to crash and burn. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, this is simple stuff, but people get it twisted. Those that come to God must believe that he is and must believe that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. I don't know what else to tell you. God's a good God, devil's a bad devil. That's what it comes down to. Now, you say that, people are like, well, you're preaching a positive message. Yeah, the gospel is what? Good news. The gospel, by definition, is good news. What's good news to the person that's broke? You don't have to be broke anymore. Come on. What's good news to someone who's, who's sick? You could be healed. Come on, you can receive manifestation of God's healing in your body. Quicken your mortal body. Come on. Praise God. What's good news to someone who deals with depression? You don't have to be depressed. Come on, and so on and so forth. Good news. That's what the gospel is. So it's never my will for you to fail. It's always my will for you to prevail. So don't be moved by what you hear and see. This is how you enter into greater victories. Be bold and courageous and stay free from all fear. This is key right here. Stay free from all fear. Fear tolerated is what? Faith contaminated. If you tolerate fear, it will contaminate your faith. Fear is the, it works the same uh, along the same principles as faith does. Faith brings you into a positive light towards God, but fear works the same way and you'll go towards the enemy. You'll go towards darkness. Fear will cloud your judgment. Fear will destroy you. Fear will hinder the move of God in your life. What you fear will actually come upon you. That's what Job said. What I have greatly feared has come upon me. It will literally attract the very thing that you're in fear about. Isn't that crazy? The same way faith will attract what you're in faith for. So that's why fear is to be resisted. Whenever God gave an instruction, like what he gave to Joshua, when Joshua was taken over, Moses had died, Joshua was taken over, getting ready to lead his people into the promised land, he said, be strong and of good courage, do not fear. Then he would give him instruction. Then he would say, be strong and of good courage, do not fear. It's like, does, does Joshua have a, a problem understanding? No, God was just emphasizing a few times because he knows man's tendency to fear. Man's tendency to fear is great. You know, we, we oh, you know. And especially with what you watch. You know, people watch horror movies. I don't want my kids to watch horror movies, not because I think they're, you know, uh, it's because I know the spirit behind that, and that will latch on to them, come on, and cause, oh, now I'm scared of the dark, and now, uh, and now, uh, uh, whoa, man, that'll hinder the move of God in your life. Well, that's goofy. No, it's not. It's the truth. Amen. Fear. Well, it's just a show. It's just only fake. Yeah, but that's how, the, that's how this works. Come on, wake up. Wake up. Don't allow your children to watch scary stuff. Come on. I don't, I, I'm even careful with, with, with scaring my daughter. Like, she, boo. You know, I, I don't even try to do that. I don't even try to play around with that. Fear is not tolerated in our home. We do not allow fear to operate in our home. I don't cultivate fear. I, I'm not a conduit of fear. Come on. No, nothing like that. Nothing. You may say that's extreme, but that's how, that's how serious I view and I see fear is. Very serious. Not to be handled. Not to be dealt with. It's to be resisted and cast aside. You see fear start to come upon you? I resist fear. Devil, you can... Hey, listen, anything that's not of God, you don't want. And God has not given you a spirit of fear. The Bible says he has not given you a spirit of fear. So if it's not from him, why do you want it? 
Why do you even tolerate it? Why even put up with it? Come on. He's given you what? Spirit of love and of a sound mind. Come on. A spirit of love, not fear. So I don't mean to preach on that, but it's very important. Be bold and very courageous. Stay free from all fear. For 2021 is going to turn out to be a great year. I'll take you higher than you've ever been before. He said, I'll take you higher than you've ever been before. This is my promise, and my promises are sure. So stay in my word and rest in me, for this is the year to be totally free. Come on. This is your year, church, to be totally free. Free from addiction, free from the things that, that no one knows about. Come on. That you do in the back in the booth when no one's looking. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Things that are hidden that, you know, people have. This is your year to be totally free from that. Totally free. Come on. Liberated. Free. Come on. Be able to walk free. Freer than you've ever been. Praise God. I want freedom. Come on. I know. Just think about it. Who wants to be locked up? Anybody want to go to jail? That's what it's like in your mind. You're, there are places in your mind, people's minds, that are locked up literally in shackles. Come on, their happiness is bound up just in shackles, just walking around like this. They just walk around mean. They just, you know, just, just full of it, full of it. And so know that, listen, God's will for you is to be totally free. Free. The blood of Jesus, come on, who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Behold, all things have become new, new. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're watching or you're here, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that at the end of this broadcast. You're going to have to make a decision. Am I going for God or am I going to keep living in the same crap that I'm living in? Do you want to change or do you want to stay where you are? You're going to have to make that decision. I'm going to give you the opportunity to rededicate your life if you'd like to, if you'd like to receive him for the first time. Wonderful. And you don't have to worry about what people are thinking. Who cares? Your life is on the line. Your eternal destiny is on the line. Who cares what Jerry, Bob, Susie thinks? Who gives a rip? You, you, need, to, you need to work on yourself. You need to get right with the Lord this way. When something, if something would happen to you and you're not sure, you know, you're going to go to one or two places, heaven or hell, for eternity. That means forever and ever, ever and ever and ever. The, the, the time we're here on earth is going to be the shortest time we'll ever live. It, it's going to go like this, number one. It'll be the shortest amount of time you'll ever be anywhere because you're going to be in heaven or hell for eternity. And, I'm, and, and those that are listening to me, I believe you're going to be in heaven as you pray this prayer uh, at the end of this broadcast, at the end of this service, to receive him, to rededicate your life to him. And so, being that, this is going to be a two-part message. I want to touch on this. I think it's very important. Being that George Pearson's Pastor George emphasized the local church, it resonated with me. I have brought this paper probably about a month now. I just haven't touched on it, uh, but I brought it just in case the Lord wanted me to go that route, and I think today is the day that we're going to just talk about this for a little bit, and then we're going to get into confession. Next week will be Apostle Phil. Man, come on. Apostle Phil is going to be phenomenal. Invite people, pack this house, uh, and, and, and it's going to be a phenomenal time. Um, so the year of the local church, and so the title of this is Why Assembling is Non-Negotiable. Come on, why assembling, so in other words, why getting together as a church body is non-negotiable? How many know it's non-negotiable? Come on, it's non-negotiable. Well, you know, I get, okay, at the beginning, 30 days to stop the spread, everybody's like, okay, we're not sure. Okay, I'll give you grace, cool, we shut down, all right. But if you're still closed after three, four, five, six, seven months, eight months, a year, come on, you might as well stay shut from churches. Come on, I mean, it's important for you also to be in church. Well, pastor, I have pre-existing conditions. Okay, you know, we're not condemning anybody. But if, you have, if you're able to be in here, you need to be in here. You need to be here. 
You need to be here. Come on. And so we have the machines that kill the virus. We spray. We do everything in the natural we can. But that is not where our faith is. Our faith is in the blood of Jesus. Come on. Our faith is in the finished work of Christ. We either believe this or we don't. When Jesus, when, when, listen, the, the leper, the leper came to Jesus. How many know the leper shouldn't have been anywhere near Jesus in those days? The leper should have been on the other side of the road by himself. He should not have been nowhere near anybody, let alone Jesus in the natural. The leper approached Jesus. Jesus didn't say, what are you doing here? You're not being smart. You're not using wisdom. Why don't you go over there and I'll come to you later? Are you crazy? Don't you know I'm Jesus? I could have got this virus. And man, it would have been the end of the ministry. No. What did he do? He laid hands and cured that man. Come on. He laid hands on the leper. Leprosy is so contagious too. He laid hands on him. Same way. I believe God. He's, I believe him. I don't. I, and so I'm, we're going for it. So, uh, you know, my word, if it's up to me, we'll never close. We will never close these doors. We'll be here to preach the word, to pump hope, faith, love into people. Now, if you don't need to, if you feel like you, whatever, you make that decision, that's fine. We'll be broadcasting. But assembling is required. It's non-negotiable. And the reasons are this. This is from Brother Copeland. Number one, assembling is a biblical mandate. Assembling is a biblical mandate. Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And then, uh, it's not on here, but it says, even more, even much more as the end approaches. How many know that we're in the last of days? <laughs> and it's very obvious. So it says, even much more so as the end of days approach. This is not a time to stay home. Listen. The believer's authority, walking by faith, is not just available, it's necessary. In these days, it is necessary that you learn to walk by faith. It's necessary that you learn the authority that you have as a believer. It is necessary, or the devil's going to whoop you. How many know the seven sons of Sceva were doing the same thing the disciples were doing? They were, in the name of Jesus, come out. The devil said, huh? Who the heck is this chump using Jesus' name? Got no weight, no spiritual weight behind it. He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who the heck are you? You don't want the devil saying, who the heck are you? Who in hell knows your name? Come on. Who in hell knows your name? The devil should know your name. There should be, you should be so full of, of power that the devil wants nothing to do with you. He knows. He started messing with that. Hey, it's over. And so just because you know the name of Jesus doesn't mean the devil's going to listen to you. You need to know where that name comes from. You need to have that power, that revelation of the believer's authority in you. Come on, you need to know who you are in Christ. Very important. And that's what we're going to be talking about after Pastor Phil uh, comes the week after. Who you are in Christ. Your identification in Christ. Who you are. I'm not talking about Joe, Libby, Mary. No, who you are in Christ. Totally different person in Christ. So you need to know this. And how do you know, how do you find these things out? By coming to church, by getting under the anointing of a pastor, a sheep with no pastor. My, how many know a sheep in the natural with no pastor or shepherd to lead them is vulnerable? That lion or bear, come on, will snatch, looks for the weakest link. It looks for the one lagging behind who ain't showing up, who's not hanging out with the crowd, who's just kind of sitting over here, you know, comes and eats at the patch here and there and kind of does its own thing. Those are the ones that get pounced on. But when you're in a, in a family of believers, linking arms, and, and you have people who can pray for you, lean in for you, help you, come on, believe with you. And well, everybody needs four crazy friends. Everybody needs four crazy faith friends that will believe God with you, that will shout with you. Come on. 
That's what you do. That's what you come to church for. Brother Copeland says that that's where the glory is going to fall in 2021, in the local churches that are preaching and teaching, healing, going strong in the word of faith and glorifying God. The local church has been central to God's design for the life of his people since Jesus walked the earth right up to this very day. He left the care of the kingdom in the hands of his people just like you who received his commission and began to preach the word with signs, wonders, and miracles following. And that's what we do. We've taken the commission and we preach the word. God's idea for the local church includes assembling with other believers. This is important for countless reasons, including the, including the way it allows the spirit of God to move. Fellowship and relationships are also critical to our spiritual development. Do you know that? Do you know that relationships are crucial to your spiritual development? We, we, Pastor Sarah would be nowhere near where we are right now. Anything we've, good we've, we've done is because of divine spiritual relationships. Getting around other men and women of God to encourage us, to help us, come on, and we've done the same. Crucial. You will only go so far by yourself. You need to be in a local church. And Psalms 92.13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Flourishing in every area of your life begins with being planted in the house, his church. You, you can't just be going, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but if you want to grow in the things of God, you can't just be bouncing around to every different church. You need to be planted in a church, just like in the natural. If I plant a plant, right, put it in there for two days, I'm going to pull it out, put it over here. Eh, I don't like it, then I'm going to pull it over here. That thing will never put roots down. It'll never grow to its fullest potential. It'll be weak and malnourished. The first frost, the first storm, that thing is out of here. That's what happens to a lot of Christians. The first, the first uh, uh, sign of opposition, they fold like a cheap suit. Not being mean, it's just what it is. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. So the, the, the key is being planted in the house of God. Number two, God's law supersedes man's law. God's law supersedes man's law. Daniel 6.10, he went to his house where he found windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he has done previously. So this is after Daniel had been warned. He'd been told, oh, I'm going to give you one more chance. You better not, you better not pray. And he, he went up. What did he do? He, hide in, he hid in the closet and prayed. No, he opened the windows and prayed and said, I'm not bowing. I'm going to pray just like I was praying before. God commanded me to do so. I'm not listening to you. Listen, we're not looking to be disobedient to be disobedient obedient. I, you know, I'm not looking to start a civil uh, unrest uh, movement. No, I'm looking to follow God. That's it. And if it clashes with the man's law, then we got to do what we got to do. You got to choose. I've already counted my cost. You have to count the cost. I will go to jail for this. I will die for this. This is what I, this is, that's it. What, what do you mean? So you have to make that decision for yourself. And so opening up the church is the same thing. Well, you know, a lot of pastors, when this first happened, you know, Romans, or the Romans, Romans 13, Romans 13, you know, obey, obey your civil authority, Romans 9. But anyway, a lot of pastors were putting that, putting that out there because, you know, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, especially, he, he was staying open and we were with him. We wanted to stay open, but, but, but people would say, no, you got to obey authority. You have to listen. You have to listen. And they did that uh, for a month, two months, three months. Then fourth month comes, ah, oh, they throw that in. A lot of them just said, oh, screw that. They realized they got some revelation. But most, some of the, a lot of churches got that up front and were crucified for it. 
How many know we're not to keep the, the, the church closed down? <laughs> and we need to be open, and so that we're commanded to do so. And so we may take heat for that, and it's okay. I'm not here to be, make a, you know, a good name is wonderful, but I'm not here to, to, ma- to please man, to please uh, the authorities here on earth and, and, and forfeit what God has given us. There were churches where they would say, okay, if you go, you're going to get fined $2,000. And people showed up anyway. Those, those are my kind of people. Just show up anyway. Come on, put me in jail. Do what you got to do. I'm going to be there. I'm going to honor God. While it, is, while, it is, while it is essential, yeah, for us to honor Romans 13, with, which instructs us to, subject to, to be subject to governing authorities, we're not called to obey mandates that go against the word of God. You hear that? We're not called to obey mandates that go against the word of God. We have a long line of biblical examples of people who modeled this. Daniel didn't obey the new law ordained by King Darius, which prohibited worshiping God. Instead, he continued honoring the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, man, they didn't honor the government's order to bow and worship the golden image created by King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Esther, she risked her life by going against the law of the land and approaching the king without having been first summoned. Listen, God's law always supersedes man's law. Acts 5.29 says, we must obey God rather than man. We honor authority when it isn't convenient, even when we disagree with it, all the way up to until it crosses over what God has commanded in his word. That's good. I'm going to say that again. Listen, listen. We honor authority when it isn't convenient, even when we disagree with it, all the way up to until it crosses what God has commanded in his word. Listen, there are laws I disagree with, but I, whoop de do. my opinion means nothing. I live here. I have to honor that. It doesn't go against God's law. It's fine. But if there's a law that I may even, well, I'm not going to agree with it, but it may be a law, and God's law says this, I have to go with what God says. Come on. And how many know he'll protect his people just like he did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just like he did for Daniel. Come on, just like he did in these examples, Esther. Every time you take a stand for God, he'll protect you. Come on. The man who says, if I perish, I'll perish, never perishes. Just like Pastor Sarah said, those who try to, to gain their life will lose it. But if you just lose your life, you'll gain it. If you just say, Lord, do what you want with my life. I'm here for you to do what you have called me to do. God said, you'll gain it. And the last one. This has to do with America and the United States. Assembling is our constitutional right. Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in this unfruitful work of darkness, but instead expose them. Assembling together as the local church is biblical, but let's not forget that it's also constitutional. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and freedom to peacefully assemble are all protected rights uh, for every American. Further, no place in the Constitution justifies singling out religious organizations for mistreatment. Despite this, the First Amendment rights to Christians to peacefully assemble have been under assault. How you know we have to take a stand? Somebody was telling me, I forget who, a pastor, in their community, they, they were trying to pass an ordinance, I think, to, 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 to stop or to put masks in the schools. They were trying to pass, and they were trying to do it hush-hush. They were like, we're going to get together, and we're going to pass an ordinance and put masks in the schools. They rose up and said, no, they, they, they came out in numbers. They were, no, we, we don't want this. We don't. And they spoke up. I mean, you know, they canceled it, and they're not doing it anymore. You have to get a backbone and stand up for what you believe in. Come on. You have to link arms. You have to resist. Come on. If you just sit there and take it, that's what happens. A lot of Christians just sit there and take it. 
You know, you know what I mean? The LGBTQPs, whatever now, they, they, I mean, I forget how many letters they have now. They, they, they have changed legislation like you wouldn't believe. Do you know the size of, of their population? It's nothing. Nothing compared to the, wor the world's population. It's, it's, most people are not LGBTQ. It's a very small portion of our population. But they're able to pass legislation like you wouldn't believe because they stand up, they resist, they open up their mouth, they protest, they do what they need to do. But the church just sits on their blessed assurance and does nothing and fights over oh, what cartoon the kids shouldn't be watching and just baloney instead of fighting for what matters. I'm not saying, you know, but, but you get what I'm saying. So my point is we have to run for school board. Come on. We have to get on legisl the legislative board here. We have to be in places of influence. So I love Pastor Rodden. He has school of government. He's teaching Christians, come on, the spirit of faith, but also how to operate in the political realm. Now, I'm not called to the political realm. I'm called to pastoring. If I, go, if I became the president of the United States, it would be a step down in office. Come on. I, that's how I see it. I, I, the, the, I, the office that I occupy... My goodness, it's, it's from heaven, and I, and I don't take it lightly. Anything else that I would do would be a step down. And that's how I see it. So my place of influence, of maximum influence, is right here. And so, uh, but other people here, I believe people here will be called to, to, to different parts of government here in our county. Where they, where they can, they can bring the past God's law. Come on, they, they can influence the, the government uh, being led by the Holy Spirit. How I many you know it would be nice to have a, a governor led by the Holy Ghost? Come on, a governor who prays. How I many know it'd be nice to have uh, county executives that pray in the morning? Come on, that have uh, afternoon prayer. Come on, that, that, that fast, that call for fasting meeting. Come on. It's happened in our country many times, and, and man, we've seen the benefit. Actually, there's one more. Number four, the church will usher in the next great awakening. The church, the local church, will usher in the next great awakening. There has been two great awakenings. We're believing God for the third great awakening here in this nation. Uh, great, an awakening is different than a revival. There have been revivals, the Brownville, Toronto Blessing. There have been many pockets of revival throughout the land. An awakening is when literally the Spirit of God changes the fabric of a nation or of a large region. You know, uh, when the, the Second Great Awakening happened, the whole town would shut down. Bars would shut down. Shops would shut down. Strip clubs would shut down completely. They would all be in the house of God worshiping during their lunch hour. Just incredible, incredible things were happening. I mean, I'm hungry. I want to see that, man. I want to see that here in Lancaster. Come on. And we're responsible for this city. For this county. That's, that's our realm of responsibility right now as a church. You as a believer here in this region, uh, you also need to be praying for this region. But as a church, we have authority. Because as the church goes, there goes the county. Strong church, strong county. Weak church, weak county. Come on, that's how it works. We're, uh, we are the restraining force of wickedness. Do you remember when they shot that, uh, the police officer shot that gentleman that ran after him with a knife? Right, remember that or like earlier, early on last year? Uh, and the video came out very clear. The guy ran on with the night. But they still wanted to riot and loot and burn. Uh, and we stood in the gap. We were praying weeks up into that. The Lord just put it on our heart to pray for our city that that, that won't come here. How many know Lancaster schooled this whole uh, the country on how to deal with something like that? Come on. There was no burning to the degree that they said. There was no rioting to the degree that they said. We spoke and declared peace. Right or wrong, let's just say it was justified. We don't want good businesses being burnt down. Protest, do it right. 
Come on, there has been some misjustices in some areas, but do it the right way. Go and stand and do it the way you need to do it. Just because someone does something to me, I'm not going to go burn down someone else's business. Come on. And so we prayed against that. And so, the, man, God, praise God. That DA got wisdom and said, you do something, million-dollar bail. And they stopped real quick, real quick. And so and that's our job, to pray and to lean in and to restrain wickedness in this city. Praise God. So that's just a little bit about the church. Very important that you, know, that you know where we stand. And a lot of you do because we talk about it. But we will remain open and, and we will preach the good news. And you'll always have a place to come to receive the word. Uh, and so that's where we stand on that. Praise the Lord. So I want to talk to you about confession. You know, Christianity a lot of times is called what? The Great Confession. Uh, in, in past, in the medieval times, they would say the great confession. They, the, that's what they would call our faith. Uh, and so I, I want to talk to you about it because it's very important. Confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Let that get into your spirit. Confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Now, confession has to do with opening your mouth. And, you know, a lot of people, when they're getting bombarded, struggle. They keep their mouths shut. They just, they, 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 they like to think about it in their mind. Now, we talk about a lot about positive thinking here. You, you, positive thinking is very important. Your battlefield of the mind, your thought life, and, and, and it's very, very important, very crucial. But positive thinking is not enough. You need to do it, but it's not enough. Positive thinking will change your attitude, but it won't change your situation. So let me give you an example. Uh, somebody robs your house. You have a positive attitude. Well, at least I didn't get killed, you know. Thank God I'm okay and it's this, this just stuff. But, but the situation still happened, but you just have a good attitude about it. Very important. You need to do that. But I want to talk about positive confession because positive confession will move a mountain. And if you can move a mountain, you can change your scenery. Come on. If you can move a mountain, you can change your scenery. So go to uh, Mark book of Mark, and we're going to study this out for a little bit. Mark 11, chapter 22, so Jesus answered him and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things... He, what says, will be done. He will have whatever he says. Come on, I want you to read this. Don't, don't let this get over your head. Get this into your spirit. We can sit here for a minute and camp on. Go back, go back, go back to 23. For assuredly I say unto you, ready? Whoever says to this mountain, so that means you have to say, right? Say, be removed and be cast into sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Saying three times, believing one time. If you notice here, he didn't say, if you believe, you'll have what you say. If you believe, no, he said you believe one time, and he said saying three. That's why saying is more important. You, need, you can believe something, but if you don't say it, it won't happen. It's the same way you get born again in Romans 10, 9, and 10. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, but that's not enough. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So it's not enough to just believe something. So you believe it, but you also have to be actively saying it. It has to be coming out of your mouth. And so 
Uh, Brother Hagen preached for, I think, uh, 60 years or 50 years when he said this. He said, man, in traveling and preaching, uh, there's one thing that has stood out to me above all else. One thing, you know, among many, but he emphasized this. He said, few people recognize how confession rules us. Very few people realize how important it is to watch what you say, in other words. Very few people. You know, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of your tongue. Right? And so we did a, 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 a teaching not too long ago. It's called Watch Your Mouth. I, I, I suggest that you go and listen to that. But we're going to be talking a little about confession today. Very few people, it's a spiritual law, few people recognize that our confession rules us. Faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Faith will never rise above the level of your confession. You know, God is a big God, but God is only as big as you confess him to be. God is a big God, but he's only as big as you confess him to be. If you're talking your problem and, and your circumstance and your situation, you will magnify that. You know, John uh, didn't want to even say coronavirus. He didn't even want to mention that name. He didn't even want to give it any time in the spotlight. That, that's how we need to get. I refuse to talk about my problems. Not that I become oblivious to my problems, because he said, speak to the mountain. That means there's a mountain you have to speak to. You have to recognize that there's a mountain there. Is your arm broken? No, it's not broken. You know, your arm's broken. Yes, it is. It says, call those things that be not as though they were. A lot of people get goofy with this. And so I'm not, don't, don't get goofy with this. Stick with me. He says, call those things that be not as though they were. Don't call those things that are as though they're not. A lot of people do that. They call those things that are as though they're not. If your arm is broken, uh, yep, my arm is broken, but you know, I'm believing God by his stripes, I'm healed, I'm believing God for speedy recovery, and you know, that's how you talk. But you don't negate the issue. If you have a problem, if you're going through something, uh, then you recognize, yep, this is the problem, but, but I, I serve a big God, come on, I serve a big God. You start magnifying God, you start confessing how big your God is and how small this problem is, you start confessing that El Shaddai is the God of more than enough. Come on, the God of more than enough. More than enough power to take care of anything you're dealing with. But you have to open up your mouth. Believe and confess. And, and so that's what I said before. Uh, confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Confession will, will literally uh, bring into manifestation what you're believing for. Opening up your mouth. Because your words are so powerful. Do you know that, that what you're sitting on, this world was created by words. For God spoke and there was. God created this world by speaking. Light be and there was light. And so we're created in the image of God. And so God has given us authority, right? So our words, the Bible says in James, the, our, our, our tongue is like a rudder. You know, a ship has a rudder, and a large ship, a mighty ship is, 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 is turned by a small little rudder. Can you believe that? It's incredible. A, a horse, a strong horse is turned by a little bit. A small little bit in a horse's mouth will, will control a, a beast, a mighty beast like a horse. I, listen, I grew up near the Belmont Racetrack, and I've seen some of the finest thoroughbreds. By a little bit, they're controlled. Your tongue controls the destiny of your life. Your words over you are more powerful than God's word over you. Because you, God says, 
by his stripes you're healed. But if you're saying, ah, I get the flu every year. Every year I get the flu. It's, it's no worries. Oh, my back is just killing me. Every, every time I get in the car, my back is hurting. Your words are more powerful than God's word where he said, by his stripes you're healed in that moment. What you say is more powerful than the word of God over your life. Your words are so important. They carry weight. That's why over our children, we speak life. I don't tell my kid, oh, you're so dumb. You're never going to get it. You keep up, you're never going to get it. Or, or, you know, pe people have been scarred. You know, I'd rather you punch me in the eye and then you cut me up with your tongue. You punch me in the eye, it'll heal. I put a little ice, I'm straight. But words, man, words get into crevices. Words, words sit in your heart. Words, man, I, you can whoop somebody with words, man. Words destroy. Have you experienced that? Words just, just, just hitting you, impacting you. That's why it's very important what you say in an argument. You know, with my wife, sometimes we'll get into something, uh, usually her fault, but we'll get into something, and, and um, no, I'm just kidding, and, and so you, I almost, like, like the, it's not the Lord, it's the enemy giving me words, like really good things to say that I know will scar her. It's like, oh, that's good. That's the enemy working. That, that's being manipulated by the enemy. We have to watch that. We have to watch that. The Bible says, put a sentry over our lips. A guard, literally a guard. We need to be thinking about what we're thinking about, and that will, that will then uh, make sure that our words are, 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 are life-giving. You need to be speaking words of life over your marriage. I have a list of things I pray for, and I speak life over my marriage. I, Father, I thank you that what you have put together, no man can sunder. I thank you, Lord, that, that you're helping me, by the grace of God, be the best husband I can be. Our marriage will go all the way. We will succeed in the things that you have called us to be as a couple. You know, speaking life, you have to do this if you want to succeed in, in, as a Christian. You have to watch what you say. Very important. So God can be no bigger in you than you confess him to be. Many Christians are weak, though sincere, because they lack a bold confession of who they are in Christ. Most Christians see themselves as just, you know, I'm just a humble Christian. Remember what we talked about? Humility has everything to do with your reliance on God. If you're humble, you say, Lord, I can do nothing without you. Everything that I am, everything that I've done, everything I'm getting ready to do is because of you. Without you, I'm toast. That's humility. Humility isn't walking around like some doormat. Oh, I'm just humble. You know, I don't like to just, you know, just going to hang over here. I'm humble. You know, that's not humility. That's a false sense of humility. A lot of people uh, deal with that. But, but humility is putting your faith in God. Uh, so a bold confession of who you are in Christ is, is saying, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. With God, all things are possible. As he is, so am I. Come on. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. I'm bold as a lion. Come on. As he is, so am I. That's one of my favorite scriptures. The spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, you need to know this. You need to be speaking your in Christ scriptures over your life. Because if you don't put words, uh, uh, life, if you don't speak life over you, you know, it's very easy to, 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 to just spout off what comes to mind. Man, I just, I never get it. Man, I, I always lose my keys. You know, you have to actively be watching these things, little stupid things like that. You know, that it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. That's what the Bible says. It's the small little things in life that corrupt. We, we're looking for the big things. 
well, that, that, that are hindering our walk. But really, it's the little small things, what we're saying, what we're doing, what we're thinking about, come on, that, that, how much we're reading, how much we're studying, how much we're praying. Little small things like that dictate your destiny and where you're going. And so you have complete control over where you're going. You know that? Come on. You, you can either align yourself with the plan of God or, or you can decide to do what you want to do. But it's your choice. The Holy Ghost will not force himself on you. You have to align yourself with your words. You have to align yourself with your deeds. And he'll take you places you never imagined. He'll take you places, my goodness, you'd be like, whoa, how did I get here? How did I arrive here? So go to, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Before I say that, here's another one if you're taking notes. The confession of your lips that God has grown out of faith in your heart will absolutely defeat the adversary in every combat. I'm going to say that again. The confession of your lips that has grown out of faith in your heart. That means you're building faith, you're getting in the word, you're hearing the word, your faith is strong, and you, you, you confess out of that place, it says, it will absolutely defeat the adversary in every combat. So that means you get so full of the word and it comes out of your mouth, man, it'll take care of every issue in your life. Whatever area you may be battling in, if you're struggling financially, you start feeding on the scriptures as it pertains to prosperity, and then you start declaring, come on, I'm the head and never the tail. I'm above and never beneath. I shall never lack money. I'm, I, I shall never lack any good or beneficial thing. I'm a tither and a giver. The windows of heaven are open at a, uh, over my life. Come on. Praise God. I give and it is given unto me. Pressed down, shaking together and running over. I'm not worried about the stock market, the Dow Jones. My faith is in you, Father. You are the source of every good thing. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. Praise God. You'll take care of me. I, I, I look to your riches and glory. I'm not worried about my, my nothing around in this world. I look to you. If you talk like that out of a place of faith because you've been feeding on this, glory to God. It's a matter of time before your situation changes. It's powerful, powerful stuff, man. This isn't just I'm trying to uh, confess your way into positive thinking. Yeah, but this is powerful. You, you confess it. You'll possess it. People like to make fun of us. Oh, that's the possess, uh, confessor, possessor group. Blab it, grab it. You know, healing and prosperity group. Yeah, we're not the sick and broke group. That's for sure. Come on. Praise God. And who are they mocking? They're mocking Jesus, not us. I'm not the one that said that you can have, if you say and believe it, you can have it, not me. And obviously, you know, it's according to God's will because people will be like, well, I believe for a million dollars. I didn't get it. First of all, you don't believe that. Come on. You, that's not coming from a place of faith. That's not coming from a place. That's coming from a place of mockery. And you'll get nothing. And it's dangerous. Yeah, watch out with this stuff. People get goofy. Well, Pastor, I believe God for, for a brand new truck last week. He ain't had what happened. First of all, do you really believe that? Now, it could happen, but most people do it from a place like a set of mockery. Because I tell you what, man, we have believed God. Like I told you, this three last three weeks have been absolutely supernatural. Absolutely supernatural. Checks in the mail. Uh, I told you we're gonna we're gonna be. I tell you that we're gonna be on television. I told you that, right? Uh, on uh, on on um, TCT uh, on Direct TV. I can give you a channel if you have Direct TV. It's called Ask the Pastor once a week 
uh, from April to June, and then I'll have three weeks off, three months off, and I'll be back on the rotation um, on, on Tuesdays from, from uh, four to five, I believe, or three to four. I'll get you the dates. But man, we've been, in the natural, how the heck? I don't know nobody. I'm not, the Lord opened that up, a desire of my heart out of a seed that I sown. And, and, and just incredible connections and God opening doors because I, I told the Lord, if you can't get me there, I don't want to go. If you can't get it to me, I don't want to have it. I'm not going to weasel my way into the groups and then weasel my way into the... No, I'm right here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, preaching the word. Lord, if you need me, you know where to find me. If you want me there, you tell me, I'll go. But I'm not going to try to make it happen. I rest in you. I trust in you. And that's coming from a place of feeding on the word. Come on. That he'll take care of me. Come on, that, that no soldier goes to war at his own expense. I confess that from a place of faith. And that's why I'm seeing my scenery change. I'm going to read this again. The confession of your lips that has grown out of faith in your heart will absolutely defeat the adversary in every combat or in every situation. So if you find that your confession is not very bold, start feeding on the word. Remember what I told you? You need to have a plan to grow or a plan to fail. You can't just say, well, I'll read my Bible if I have time tomorrow. You know, whenever I have time, I'll read it. No, you need to put it on your calendar. I'm going to read from 7 to 8 in the morning, or I'm going to read five chapters, three chapters, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do, and then you stick to it, and you'll see yourself start to grow. It'll be, it's like compound interest. You'll start to you know, grow and, and, and multiply. Next thing you know, you get hungry and hungry. Like I've heard testimony from John and Bibiana, just how you know, John's getting in the way every morning, doing things he hasn't, he hasn't done in a while, just hungry. And he says the more he does it, the hungrier he gets. The same thing, you know, church, I desire for this place to be a place, man, when you miss Sunday, you, you hurt. Like, man, I, I, man I'm just bummed I miss church. Man, I really want to be in church. And there are some people here like that, but, but I, I'm believing God that the word level in this place will be, a, man, if you miss it, you, you feel like, man, you missed out. David Oyedepo says, man, I have people in my church. He's got the largest church on planet Earth. He said, I have people in my church that travel for work that miss coming to church more than they miss their family. Come on, not that you don't miss your family, but, you know, you just say, man, you're just talking about more about you missing the church than you missing home. But, man, man, that church, because every time I go to church, I get a word from heaven. And, man, my life changes, and and something happens, and something breaks, and and I increase. So that's what this place is. Praise God. The word level in this place is going up. Come on. The anointing is coming up. The Holy Ghost is touching people even right now. Even right now. And I'm believing God that people will be healed just by the preaching of the word. People come in one way. I don't even have to lay hands on them. They just go, oh, I'm healed. Glory. Come on. And the move of the Holy Ghost. You remember that lady last week and prophesied? She came up here. I, just, I apologize to her because I, I, I was sharp. I, I, she said, hey, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you. And I said, well, you did. <laughs> and that was sharp and that was wrong. So I did it publicly. I'm going to apologize publicly. Um, you know, there's a time for me to, you know, I have to, I have, I'm the, the shepherd of this house and I have to be careful uh, who I, who, who, when something gets said and what happens. And so I was kind of on my defense, but it was God. The Lord told me quickly, that's, that's me, son, shut up. So that's what I did. So I just want to apologize. But that's what we're believing for. How dare I shut that down? That's the Lord. We're believing for the gifts and the manifestations of the Holy Ghost to, to, to break out in this place in, in a greater way. Glory to God. He sends somebody, he give us a word, he, he, he sees our faithfulness, that he's getting ready to, to take us to the next level. Come on, that's us, that's us, come on, hallelujah. He cares that much, he sends somebody to tell us. Man, what a blessing, what a blessing. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, 
Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high considered the apostle and high priest of our confession or profession, Jesus Christ. So hold fast. Well, actually, go to Hebrews 4.14 as well. So Hebrews 3.1 says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession or profession. And go to Hebrews 4.14. Here's what I want to emphasize. Seeing that when we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. To hold fast means to stay fully committed to. Our confession or profession, according to Strong's Concordance, the Greek word here is homo, homologia, which comes from the two root words, homo meaning same, and logia meaning word spoken. So to profess means to speak the same words or say the same thing as, and of course it is implying that it's referring to saying the same thing as God, or in other words, speaking the words of God. Therefore, the expression, let us hold fast to our profession or confession, literally means this. Let us stay fully committed to saying the same thing as God, that is saying God's words. By the grace of God, Father, let us be fully committed to saying what you say. Father, that your words would be on our lips. Father, that our lives would revolve around what you say. By the grace of God. We are fully committed to saying the same thing as you, God. Hallelujah. To hold fast to our confession. In, 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 um, in the Civil War, how many of you have ever been to Gettysburg, the battlefield? Anybody been to Gettysburg? Wonderful time if you haven't been. Definitely worth going. I love history. I love, I love seeing all that. So when Pastor Mark Hankins was at a church in Virginia, actually, uh, a few pastors uh, and another couple, we all went with Pastor Mark to Gettysburg, small group to kind of tour. And we went to, uh, he really wanted to see Pastor Mark one, one place, really. He said it was the most important, significant place in the battle. It was called uh, Little Round Top. Little Round Top. And Little Round Top, the Confederates, led by Robert E. Lee, had been whooping the North up into that point. I mean, Robert E. Lee had lesser forces, but was a brilliant tactician, a brilliant general. Absolutely brilliant West Point graduate. He only uh, fought for the Confederate because he was a Virginian. Back in those days, it really had to do with what state you were from. You followed whatever state you were from. And so if you, Virginia went this way, whoever was in Virginia usually went that way. Uh, because he was offered the generalship of the, the United States Army under Abraham uh, Lincoln. But he decided to go with the Virginians. But he and his generals had gotten to Gettysburg. And, and, and the general Chamberlain, uh, no, excuse me, the Confederate general said... Whoever takes that little round top will win the battle. Whoever controls that will win the battle. And whoever wins Gettysburg dictates whoever wins the Civil War. They knew that. But the general said, oh, we're tired. <sighs> we're tired. We'll take it tomorrow. This is the Confederate speaking. And so the North saw the same thing. They said, oh, man, we know that this is important. Let us take it now. So they took that little round top under General Chamberlain. His orders were to stand fast and retreat under no circumstances. That means either I die here or I hold it. They told him, hold fast. You have to stay here. And if you give this up, we're toast, just so you know. So I, I forget how many men he had, but they would go back and forth, back and forth. It came down to where they had no bullets, literally no bullets up at the top of that place. So they, they were instructed to put their bayonets on. And, 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 and Chamberlain instructed a few of them to hold back on the side. 
The South came running up. The North started screaming with their bayonets, causing all kind of confusion. The South was so scared. They didn't, and they had no idea that the North had no bullets. But the, the, the North just started screaming and, 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 and devised a good plan. And, and the South just went running. Just went running, screaming, yelling. Had, and they were losing to a force that had no bullets. And so the same way that they were told to hold fast, a lot of Christians... A lot of us will, 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 will you know, we will hear this. We'll, the Bible will say, hold fast to your confession of faith. And we'll just kind of, uh, but I'm telling you, if you hold fast to your confession of faith, if you just stay put and, and refuse to, 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 to be dictated by what you see, come on, even though they're shooting bullets, it, it doesn't matter. You have a bayonet and you're well able and you're strong enough to take the land. Come on, open up your mouth and broadly declare what the Lord has said over your life. And you'll see the enemy routed in your life. So, they were told to hold fast. God is telling us to hold fast to our confession regardless of what we see. Doesn't matter that they have more men. Doesn't matter that they have bullets. If we just hold fast to our confession of faith, we'll see the victory. Regardless of what's happening. Hold fast to your confession of faith. John 1, you don't have to go there, uh, write it down though. John chapter 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God in Him. The Word was life, and the life was the light of men. As many as received Him, the Word, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in the name. Revelation 19, 13. His name is called the Word of God. Romans 10, 10. For the heart one believes the word unto righteousness, and it is our confession or the word that we are saved. Same way you get saved is the same way you get anything else in the kingdom of God. You believe and you speak. Remember that. You believe and you speak. That is how we operate in the kingdom of God, in every area, not just salvation. Number seven uh, on this, the word will heal you if you continually confess it. Literally will heal you. Medicine unto your bones. Medicine unto your flesh. The word of God is not just, this isn't just a book that you read. It's active, alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful. It's living. If you feast on it, it will literally heal your mortal body. So, word intake needs to be high. You need to be a student of the word. Feast on the word. Get a Bible you can understand. I know sometimes there are, you know, the, the, new King, the, the King James, if you're, you know, if you're a new believer or even if you're not, it could be difficult to read and understand. There are many different versions out there, amplified message, you know, some of them, whatever. But get a Bible that you can understand, that you can receive life from because it's going to be your lifeline. The Word of God is going to be crucial in these last days. You need to have Scripture memorized. You need to have understanding. And God said, man, if you ask him for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, he'll give it to you. Father, I pray a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon each and every person here. As they study your word, they'll see further than they've ever seen. They'll understand more than they've ever understood. I declare that they have eyes to see, heart to receive. In Jesus' name. Last two and we'll finish up. Nothing will establish and build your faith as quickly as confession. Nothing will establish and build your faith as quickly as confession. Confessing God's word out of your mouth will build you and establish you quicker than almost anything else. 
you can get all kind of material. I got uh, Prosperity Promises by Brother Copeland. On the back, it has a bunch of confessions, and I confess them. I have a whole thing saved of confessions. Every morning, confessing the Word of God over my life. I'm quick, sharp, alert. I'm quick, sharp, alert. I'm led by the Holy Ghost. The voice of a stranger I shall not follow. Come on. I have favor that surrounds me as with a shield. Favor with God and with man. Everywhere I go, people like me. Come on. That's confessing the Word. That's getting a, the Word becomes a reality to you. Come on. The angels of God encamp around me and protect me lest I, lest I dash my foot against the stone. I'm protected. Come on. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We got to get in the habit of doing these things. Very important. Last one. Your success and usefulness in this world is measured by your confession and the tenacity with which you hold fast to that confession. One more time. Your success and usefulness in this world is measured by your confession and the tenacity in which you hold fast to that confession. So, your success and your usefulness depends on what's coming out of your mouth, in other words. Very important that we are speaking God's word. And you, you can't speak it if you don't know it. It needs to be in here. And not, you know, it's one thing to, to get a book on confession and just go through them. That's good. You know, you learn. But it needs to be in your spirit. Like, like, it, like, like one of these said that, um, the confession of your lips that has grown out of faith in your heart will absolutely defeat the adversary in every combat. The confession that comes from a place of built up faith, come on will defeat the enemy in every single combat. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that you're helping us by your grace, come on, to speak life. Father, where we have missed it, we, we boldly uh, just declare, Father, those words null and void. Anywhere we have spoken death or something contrary to your will, we command those words to be null and void. We speak life. We speak prosperity, healing, health. We speak your word. Your word is on our lips continually. Our tongues are the pen of a ready writer. Father, we thank you for helping us, strengthening us. We ask that you put a sentry or guard over our lips. Father, we love you. We love your word. Father, uh, by your grace, uh, a renewed hunger comes upon your people this morning. A renewed hunger for your word. A renewed hunger to pray. A renewed hunger to lean in, to go after you like never before. Father, we want all of you. We want to see your, your manifestations in a greater way. We want to feel your presence in a greater way. We want all of what you have for us. We don't want to leave anything on the table. Father, we're grateful for what you've done here at Life in Christ. We're grateful for the things you're doing in the members of this church. But we know it's just the beginning. And we give you all the glory. Father, all the glory for every good thing you've done here, Lord. What a blessing it is to be a part of this church. To be a part of what you're doing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this place this morning and you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. I don't want you to leave here without doing that. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Meaning, you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to straighten things out. Before you come to God, you come to him right now as you are. He will help you. He will cleanse you. He will set you free. Man, I'm so grateful I didn't have to do it on my own. So if you're watching this or if you're here and you say, that's me. 
I want to pray. I want to rededicate my life. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I want God's plan for my life. I want you to just slip up your hand real quick. Just slip your hand up if that's you and you're in this place and you want to pray that prayer. If you're watching this online, lift your hand. It's fine. This is a moment that you may never get again. You may leave here. You may, be, you may get in your car if you're watching. And you may, something may happen. God forbid. And you will go to one or two places. You will go to heaven or hell. If you have not made things right with God, he sends no one to hell. He's giving you this opportunity right now to receive him. But if you have not, you'll spend eternity in a place that is so terrible. It's not meant for you. It's meant for the devil and his cohorts. Where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But heaven is a glorious place. So this is your opportunity to pray a very simple but powerful prayer. Once again, if you're here and you want to pray that, just slip up your hands. Anybody? Wonderful. If you're watching this, just pray this. Everybody stand to your feet, please, and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sin, and I ask you to forgive me. I want your plan for my life. I want everything you have for me. I believe that you are the Son of God. And you are the only way to heaven. I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the best decision you've ever made. If you prayed that prayer, reach out to us. It's just the beginning. Listen, you need to get into a good church where they're preaching and teaching that Jesus is still alive, healing, restoring, setting people free. Don't just go to the closest church. Very important where you go to church. So if you live anywhere in this area, I want to invite you to come. 426 South Queen Street here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, we meet at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. We would love to, to have you. If you live somewhere else, reach out to me. I'll help you find a good church. Father, I pray a blessing over everybody here. Father, I pray that this will be the best week they've ever had. I pray that the favor of God surrounds them as with a shield. I pray you open up doors for them this week. I pray, Father, that this will be a week of restoration, of healing, Father, of increase in every area. And, Lord, I pray your peace upon your people. And as they put their head on the pillow this week, Father, they'll have sweet sleep because they are your beloved. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.